Come on up, Liz. Liz will be preaching for us today. Here you go, Liz. <laughs> Hold on, give me a moment. <sighs> I did not expect that. Oh man. Um, these are my youths, guys. These are my youths. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, I'm sorry. I need to gather myself for a moment. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, so here's the deal, y'all. This is the first time I've ever preached in a Sunday service, and thank you, thank you so much. Um, I'm gonna be honest, um, I'm really nervous, so if you see my left eye twitching incessantly, I'm fine, I'm just really, really nervous, but I don't know about y'all, but every time I'm in worship, it literally feels like a vacuum for my heart and my soul, so I I think I'm feeling a lot more prepared now than I was even an hour ago, but um, I'm not afraid of speaking in front of people but I am conscious of the weight of speaking to y'all about the things of God. So full transparency, um, I feel I simply must preface this message, which is about the prayer of surrender, in the form of a quote from one of my favorite playwrights of all time, William Shakespeare. When I personally hear the phrase, prayer of surrender, this is the line from Hamlet that pops into my head. No. When I was asked to speak and I heard my topic was surrender, I laughed. I told my childhood best friend, she laughed. I told my family, they laughed. I let my roommate's dog know, she seemed surprisingly neutral. I phoned the Lord, he laughed. The list goes on and on. So as I've prepared for this morning, it's become insanely evident to me that this practice, the prayer of surrender, is something the Lord is refining deeply within me. Giving this message is a stretch for me, truly, because I'm being stretched in this area of my life. To kick us off, I'm gonna share the first half of my ongoing story of surrender, and then the second half will come at the end of the message, so stay tuned. Um, I'm a five to 10 year plan kind of person. I'm driven, I'm goal-oriented, and I've rarely had issues knowing exactly what I want. I decided on my career path when I was 14, which was being a theater teacher and working with youths, And then I was going to single-handedly change the face of American education overall. Me, I was gonna do it. Um, My life has often flowed around career or financial decisions, not people or community, career. I have moved every one to two years in various states pursuing some form of career for the last almost seven years of my life. Um, My internal mantra became, I can strive and reach my goals, I can operate on my own schedule, I can spend my money and my time and my energy freely, I can care for others without actually being vulnerable myself, and I can move anywhere that I want on a whim every one to two years, leave relationships behind and be completely fine. In other words, everything I want or need, I can accomplish on my own. I love people so much much, but I don't actually need anyone except the Lord and myself. Yikes. Ooh, interesting. Um, But then in the spring of 2020, I felt the Lord very specifically drawing me to Vancouver Vineyard, and I said, no, (laughs) thanks, but no. Um, I didn't want to. I, I had this sense that I was supposed to be here, really completely out of the blue, but I liked my life flow, my church, my job, and I already had a five-year career plan in place. I especially liked the sense of agency I had living alone in downtown Portland. 
Well, I visited this church, and one year later, I became the youth pastor, and I got plugged into a community and connected with some incredible youths, and bada bing, bada boom. That's the sermon at the end. Thank you. Have a nice day. Um, (laughs) Except it's not like this at all for me. Truly, it's not. The prayer of surrender is challenging for me. Um, In other words, you need to know that I am learning alongside you as I stand before you today. So I'm gonna pray and invite the Holy Spirit um, to come and be with me and us in this moment. So Jesus, oh man, Lord, you know so much more than I do. (laughs) You are so much wiser and, and you know exactly what it is I need to hear and what everyone needs to hear, God. So Father, I, I pray in humility, Lord, that you would just come into this room, that you would open my heart our hearts, my ears, your ears to receive what it is that you have for us today, Lord. We invite your presence in your name. Amen. Okay, so here are some things this week um, that I have learned about the word surrender through the Google machine. Number one, there are 16,727 lyrics containing the word surrender. It's the name of an essential oil blend. There is, in fact, a correct way to surrender your license plate to the New York DMV. I don't know why I read that article, but it seemed relevant in the moment. So, as followers of Jesus, though, our definition of surrender is tied to him. It it has to be tied to him. Have you ever considered the weight of singing, I surrender all? And I think that many people in this room would agree with these lyrics, but I found in my own life that the acknowledgement of my need to surrender doesn't always translate to the practice of surrender. What does surrender encompass? How do I surrender? And if you're like me and you bristle slightly at the word surrender, why? So in true Shakespearean nerd fashion, I have broken this sermon into three acts. Act number one, definition. Act number two, struggle. Act number three, release. A little bit of dramatic effect there. I really wish I had something like change my voice or something. Um, So, act one, definition. Surrender is widely defined as the yielding of some kind of power, passion, possession to a person, group, institution, or a really sick, dope beat. Conclusively. In seeking a biblical framework for surrender and human nature, Jesus provides a framework for this, prayer in the garden of Gethsemane as he weeps before the father before his execution on the cross. In Luke chapter 22, verse 42, it says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. We will return to this phrase often. In contrast, I read about Jonah running away from Nineveh or when Jesus asks a man to sell his position, positions, possessions and he simply couldn't do it or Moses disobeying the Lord and striking the stone with the staff instead of praying. It seems to me that a thread emerges in this tapestry of humanity, which is very simply put, mankind want to do what mankind want to do. It'd be like that. By nature... I think we're self-serving and we desire what makes us feel good and happy. We don't like to do things we don't want to do. We don't want to be told what to do. And gosh dang it, we just know what's best for us all the time. We prefer our own wills. That's not to say that we're not attuned to or don't care about the will of others, but I am supposing that the very nature is that of self, me. 
But I'm not sure this mindset can coexist with a heavenly mindset that God is not only loving and good and kind, but he is also all-knowing, wise, and sovereign. Is it in fact possible that God, who created us, the universe, and knows the past and the present and the future, might know more than moi? That he might know better, he might know me better than I know me, or he might know what I need more than I know what me need. Just some casual things to ponder as we, as we get started with this message. So in support of the prayer of surrender, I propose a working definition. Surrender is a yielding of our will to God's will and a posturing of the heart to declare, you are Lord over all areas of my life. We strive forward onto act two, which is struggle, which is where I live. So we have a working definition. We have a biblical example. So if I pray, yield, posture my heart and sweat blood according to whatever he and his word tell me, I'm good. Life is easy, easy peasy. But I think the reality is is that we are not regularly surrendering every part of us to him because we don't even realize what we're gripping tightly to. How can we begin a prayer of surrender if we don't even know exactly what it is we need to surrender? Richard Foster notes, to applaud the will of God, to do the will of God, or even to fight for the will of God is not difficult until it comes at cross purposes with our will. Until it comes and bumps up against whatever it is that I want. Surrender might begin with self-examination, which is in and of itself, I would say, a struggle for many in Western society. In my own walk, I often liken these areas of my heart to a house with dusty boxes either shoved into a corner or, or locked in a safe or sitting out in the open or in some cases sitting openly in my hands. Here are some examples of possible boxes. Y'all ready for this? Lord, I will surrender everything to you in prayer, heart, and behavior, except pride, worry, family, my dreams or goals, status, hidden sin, temptation, circumstances outside of your control, fear, romantic relationships, money, control, how people perceive me, sickness, health, power, job, possessions, anger, food, friendships, bitterness, and time. Um, do any of you go, any of these words? Um, Because I do. (laughs) And it's something to pay attention to. If I said any of those words and you went, you should look into that, which we're going to do right now. (laughs) This brings us to the main point of Act 1. Struggle is often essential to the prayer of surrender. I'm going to say it again. Struggle is often essential to the prayer of surrender. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating, weeping, bleeding, it lasted into the night. Jesus, the Son of God, pleaded, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. I personally take great solace in the fact that Jesus' prayer of surrender began with a dialogue and a request for the Lord. The Son of God pleaded with the Father to make another way. And I think that it's important for us to remember that Jesus didn't just solemnly float into physical torture and pain on the cross. He struggled first. He was fully human and fully God. Our Savior understands the burden of an answered prayer. Wow. 
In our own lives, if only it were so easy to bring forth a box and lay it at his feet and frolic away, everything is, is sunshine and roses. But for most people, that's just unrealistic. The prayer of surrender isn't a magic wand that we wave to disengage from our will. It's a process that begins with an honest dialogue. When I was a teenager, I heard a sermon um, where the vineyard pastor basically said, it's okay to wrestle with the Lord. And this absolutely revolutionized my relationship with Jesus because I began bringing forth the messy and hard and emotional parts of my heart, not just the requests. It opened up a conversation that brought a new kind of, of intimacy with him that remains to this day. But what I I didn't expect him to say was, hey, I'd I'd like you to surrender those things to me and trust me. And I was like, no, I'm actually pretty happy just complaining to you incessantly, but but thank you. That's a very generous offer. Um, Does anyone else relate to these kinds of conversation? Yeah? Oh, good. Thank God. (laughs) Maybe, hopefully. I mean, does, does anyone else argue with the Lord while flying down? I mean, going exactly the speed limit on the highway? Has anyone ever been there? While we often need to begin the prayer of surrender with struggle, we cannot stay there. Jesus' prayer begins with asking God to find another way, but it ends with not my will, but yours be done. One of my favorite prayers from Mother Teresa says this, Lord, when I think that my heart is overflowing with love and realize in a moment's honesty that it is only myself that I love in the loved one, deliver me from myself. Deliver me from myself has been a mantra I've used for years to posture my heart to releasing my will to the Father, even if I'm rolling my eyes. We traipse forward into Act 3, release. I ran out of time for this request, but I, I genuinely feel like I need the sound of like lightning and rain and the lights to flicker every time I introduce a new act, so I'd like you to picture that in your minds right now. There's like 10 lightning bolts going on behind me right now. Thank you. <laughs> Um, Act three, release. The prayer of surrender is often a daily choice until your heart and mind move from struggle to release. This process could take a moment or months or years. But as we move into the final act of the prayer of surrender, we have to remember that the process of release is unto the fruits of freedom, hope, and peace. The process of the prayer of surrender is unto freedom and hope and peace. We don't just struggle for the sake of struggle. Walking with Christ is not about warring with him until you begrudgingly lay down your will and move through life downtrodden, bitter, or disappointed. Please note that our wills can and do align with the Lord's. They, they do. I mean, I, I do believe that my my calling to work with teenagers that I I felt began at 14. Like, I do believe that that was God-breathed, 100%. Yes, we are fickle flesh, but desires or circumstances or hopes can be God-given. And God cares deeply about every single area of your heart, every hair on your head, every dream you've had, every struggle, every feeling. God is not wrenching our wills from our hands because he is an angry king demanding his subjects give their internal and external possessions. He is a loving father, a prince of peace, and the wisest being in the universe. And he wants the best for us in the same way that a parent wants the best for their kids. If this is true, we must release 
everything to him. Everything. Surrender is not passive. It can't be. It's an active posturing of the heart and a choice to say, you guessed it, not my will, but yours be done. We sing songs of God's love and goodness and and faithfulness and compassion in the conquering of sin and the grave. And I'd like you to take a really honest moment and to ask yourself, do you even believe that these things are true? That God can truly work to make all things new, provide permanent peace and joy, and take care of you? That he has your best in mind? The Bible is so clear that there is nothing, no circumstance, feeling, or sin that he cannot hold in his hands. I'm sure many of you have heard this verse before, but it's, it's one of my favorites. It's in Proverbs, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. <laughs> Yet we often choose to lean on our own understanding because we don't believe, actually believe that there is freedom in releasing the narrative of our lives to him. Furthermore, it means freedom from the self-sins, self-sufficiency, self-pity, self-absorption, self-abuse, self-deception, self-exaltation. You see the list up here. I mean, I could go on and on. It means freedom from the everlasting burden of always having to get my own way. I don't know about y'all, but I would love to be released from the burden of constantly thinking about myself. It's exhausting. Do you ever just feel exhausted about thinking about yourself? I get tired of me, and I can't escape from me. It drives me absolutely nuts. Um, I watch how... This, this self-focus that my flesh is just pointed towards bleeds into my choices and behavior and words. And I've personally watched how it affects the people that I care about. Whether I'm conscious of it or not, it does. The human mantra of my way or the highway, or I feel, therefore it is true, or I need to do what's best for me, or I am the main character of my life, get out of my way, me, 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 I, I, I. We see this all the time in our culture and society, clashes with the notion of a good father who not only created and loves us more deeply than we'll ever understand, but is also smarter than us. And he knows what's best for us. His will is better, a period. Surrender is not just this scrappy kind of pull yourself up by your own bootstraps resilience. It's based in a genuine surrendering of all things to Jesus and trusting that God can and will make all things new. We sang that this morning. He can and will make all things new, whether it's now here on earth or it's in the heavenly not yet. I can't answer that question for whatever your circumstances are. Only the Lord can. Can you imagine what it would be like to live in a place of constant peace and rest, knowing that we can cast every single struggle, pain, dream, and hope into his hands no matter our circumstances? Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) What I'm not saying is that surrendering to the Lord means that every problem or pain is solved although I do believe that he can work in all things. But what I'm saying is that we no longer have to carry life's never-ending burden in our hearts, bodies, and minds. This is probably one of the most important 
bolded parts of, of my message. Um, surrender is freedom and release is rest. If you remember one thing from today, it's that release is rest. Rest is knowing that I don't have to steer the boat of my life and hope I don't crash or that I have to will or manifest the desires of my heart into existence. Rest is knowing that I don't have to have utter and complete control and know everything. What a relief. I cannot say that I am personally, Liz Hicks, there right now, that I have fully arrived as a person of surrender and peace. But I do believe deeply that surrendering to him is ultimately transformative. The more we hold our lives, which is but a breath with open hands, the more the Lord has space to work within and speak to us. The less we're constantly attuned to our own wants and needs and indignations, the more our capacity for caring for others also grows. It is amazing the kind of fruits you will see in your life when you turn your eyes away from here. We can ask Jesus to change the will of self and make us be more like him. Not my will, but yours be done. This process of prayer could change the very fabric of your being and your life. You can start by asking, what do you have for me, Lord, instead of what can you give me, Lord, as a place to start? Ooh. <laughs> um, before we move into ministry time, I'm going to share the rest of my story. Um, speaking about myself in and of itself right now, I'm, guys, I'm literally already crying. <laughs> it's, this is an act of surrender for me. Because to be really honest with you, vulnerability is in one of my boxes. This is terrifying for me. But um, this is something I feel like the Lord actually asked me to do um, in this sermon. So this is the rest of my story. This is where I'm at. I had to lay down my 10-year plan to be at this wonderful church and community. It was so hard for me, y'all. It was um, months of prayer and tears and anger and conversations with mentors and months of struggling and asking the Lord over and over, is this what you have for me? Additionally, as I moved into this incredible community, I not only had to surrender my boxes of self-reliance and pride in regards to my career plan, I also had to lay it down in how I relate to people. Vulnerability, gross. <laughs> um, Operating from a place of trust and not suspicion. Entrusting my heart to other people. Sharing what's actually going on inside of me. Allowing myself to be truly known and not just loosely connected to people because I know that I'll probably move in a year anyway. That's not going to happen here, by the way. But that's been my mentality for a long time. Allowing people to be honest with me about my patterns and my behavior. It sounds so funny reading it out loud because when I read it out loud, I'm like, that's whack. Girl, what do you think you're doing? But I wasn't even fully conscious of these boxes until I came to this church. I didn't know. I had always seen these patterns as me just being strong and competent. I'm still working on surrendering all of these things actively today. It's a process, right? But what I have personally found through the process of surrendering in prayer 
is I'm moving into a place of health and hope and home. And this would have been genuinely impossible had I continued on my willed path of success and aloneness, even though that's where I'm comfortable. I'm genuinely cared for here. I get the privilege of being the youth pastor of these incredible youths. Shout out to my youths once again. Yes, <laughs> youths. <laughs> um, I've been repeatedly pointed back to the Lord and his goodness by many. And I'm beginning to feel a new kind of peace and rest. Even in my joy, which I do believe is a core part of my personality, and it's actually my middle name, la da da. Um, <laughs> I have always felt a sort of discontented, lonely desert in my soul for years. It's amazing. It's funny that there's a correlation between me moving all the time and not really giving unto myself and being vulnerable to other people led me to a lonely desert place, right? Strange. But the sands of my soul are shifting as I actively practice the prayer of surrender with the help of my savior and my community here, it turns out I need both. I bounce between struggle and release all the time in various areas of my life. I'm a very stubborn person by nature and I know that about myself. And maybe you relate to that. But I know that the first step is often reflection and, and that might look like contemplative prayer or maybe it's as simple as getting on your hands and knees before Jesus and asking him to reveal the dusty, crusty corners of your heart that you're refusing to surrender in him. Maybe there's some things trapped in there that you're not fully conscious of. Maybe there's a reason you're feeling senses of, because there's something that you haven't quite given up. So now we're gonna move in, into ministry time. I'm gonna invite Jace to come up. But again, in summary, surrender is a process. The prayer of surrender is a process. And moving to struggle, from struggle to release is possible with the Father. It just takes some time and some work.